Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. Patrick Conley, glad to be with you again, along with Cami Berthume, our producer, Paul Sadek, our technical producer, coming to you from the Relevant Radio Studios, 1330 AM in Golden Valley. The trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin has captured the attention of the country. Many wait on pins and needles for the verdict, perhaps a bit worried about what the popular response will be. Ryan Hamilton from the Minnesota Catholic Conference is with us. Ryan is an altar server, lector, and product of Catholic Elementary School who felt called to join the MCC team in response to the events of 2020. He brings over a decade of combined experience in legislative politics, policymaking, and advocacy. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks for being on the program. Hey, good morning, Patrick. Good morning to you. Happy Easter to you. He is risen. All right. So uh, last summer, following the death of George Floyd, what were some of your initial feelings about some of the civil unrest that followed? Sure. Um, You know, I'll just jump right into it. Yeah. Uh, It was an as a Catholic man um, and a uh, Minneapolis city dweller. uh, I honestly saw it as an opportunity. Hmm. Um, despite all the chaos and angst uh, and, and pain, I think it's really an opportunity. Wow. Okay. Um, Tell us more. Sure. Uh, you know, what we saw last summer um, was a lot of fear um, and people crying out for leadership, people crying out for ministry, um, demagoguery, all those things. And, uh, I just feel like, you know, as we come off the Easter season, I just love Easter because it just reminds us of the rich uh, depth and history of our faith traditions and social teachings and the Gospels, the example that's been set. Uh, yeah. So I, I truly deep, deep in my heart feel that we have, we as Catholics in our church, we've been given the, we've been giving the solutions to the ills that we saw last summer. Um, and we have the solutions, so we need to share that. We can't be the light under the lampshade. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, I've been following the trial, and they were playing the, uh, even that first night where I saw uh, Mr. Floyd die, we all saw him die. We saw a man die uh, in an agony fashion, <laughs> you know. Um, and when I saw somebody, a human being crying out for mercy, who was suffering, as it's starting to come out that he was suffering from addiction. And uh, that was a human being that needed to be ministered to and needed compassion in our world, because there's so many things in our world that are leading folks into addiction mm-hmm. and into poverty. You know, if, if it's true that it was a counterfeit bill, why did the man come from Texas seeking a better life, find themselves, uh, you know, pierced by the scourge of addiction and and poverty where he's having to use a a counterfeit bill. So Mm. that's what I see out of this whole thing. It has nothing to do with the police or for me. It's Mm. an opportunity to to minister to the least among among us. That's a great perspective, Ryan. I appreciate that, especially as we, like you say, we are given the solution to these ills um, that we're presented with. And yet a large response of the of this country really at that point i mean at least one of the ones that that were plastered across the the news apps and we saw on the news channels and that sort of thing was was uh more anger and uh and in some cases and you know that we saw a lot of yeah violence and looting and that sort of thing and maybe just to just to pick your brain a little bit specifically around those areas too i mean 
there's there's still a, there's a sense of calling out even in the midst of that, is there not? Exactly. There's something leads something leads to those behaviors. Right. You know, uh, you know, I just like to believe in the good of, and this is in our teaching in scripture. Just to, let's assume the good in our fellow neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's something that's, and, and just with small children, I have a two year old and a four year old, and when mm-hmm. they act out, and I and I and I see their sweetness and goodness, and then all of a sudden they're acting out. Something led to that. There's some kind of void or pain or something that they're. Uh, emotion that they're grappling with that they don't know how to handle properly and and they need comfort uh sometimes to to, to weather that storm so mm-hmm. it was a lot of pent up uh, just the just that void you know in our hearts and souls that as a community again because our worldly leadership isn't isn't nourishing us in that way mm-hmm. and our media doesn't nourish us in that way wow and uh, so, and even our neighbors, we don't nourish each other in that way, mm-hmm. you know, in, in general, as a general society, the throwaway culture. It says, oh, go get high, you know. Um, yeah. So, again, um, it, again, as Catholics, it's a definite opportunity for us to step into the void as ministers. And that's and as we come off Easter, that is the example that was given to us, you know. Um, so. Well, that and that's exactly that's exactly right. That's uh, that seems right along the lines of what we as Catholics are meant to do. Celebrating. I started the show uh, today with a little bit of a reflection on that and how we live the resurrected life for the sake of the world. And uh, looking at this maybe from a, a slightly different perspective, you're you're a lawyer, and so as a lawyer, mm-hmm. would you be willing to speak a little bit more about this a struggle between uh, determining determining what is uh, well, something that's maybe morally reprehensible, sure. but uh, but not criminally punishable. Um, yeah, um, you know, I'm worried that there may be a gap in in our laws and our statutes that mm-hmm. don't that doesn't account just from the, you know the American view of policing and the the how we've elevated and not not you know I, I'm not I don't want to be disrespectful in, uh, to to our law enforcement because they are valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to account for the times where they they err and make mistakes, I don't, there may be a gap in our law. Uh, it, you know, you can almost see that the prosecution was struggling uh, to find the proper charges, and and not to get too far into the weeds. In order to convict somebody of a crime, they have to be charged. Uh, every criminal charge has what's called elements, and the behavior that was witnessed. Uh, needs to match up. The prosecution needs to pr- prove beyond a reasonable doubt that all the elements of that o- offense were met. Mm. Um, and so there may be a gap there that leads to an acquittal, mm. which would lead to, again, that fear and chaos and that void, uh, that crying out for justice, uh, because what we saw may be morally, morally reprehensible on, in the eyes of the law. It, it, it was deemed, uh, you know, it was not worthy of, of legal punishment. So mm-hmm. then there's going to be this void and this angst and we'll need to respond to that. So what I hear you say, if I can, I mean, like you said, let's not get too far into the weeds, but uh, just yeah. to, just to be specific on this particular point, what I hear you say is what I'm hearing you say is that there is uh, just because somebody is, if, if it should happen um, that an acquittal is granted that's not 
that's not just uh, carte blanche saying that, oh, well, our society just approves of this. I mean, that's, that's kind of a softball question, but I just want to make yeah. sure that we're, we're hearing that right. What you're saying is that, well, it's pointing to a gap in our own laws. Is that right? Exactly. Okay, so, um, yeah, go ahead. Well, just the elements of second-degree murder third de- and uh, in between third-degree murder. Mm. Uh, again, because if I were to commit that act, it's all in that context of, of policing, right? And mm-hmm. what's in their training protocols and what they're allowed to do because they have a dangerous job to protect us. They're allowed to do certain things that the common man or woman isn't allowed to do. Mm. Um, and so perhaps there's a situation where um, we've given such deference to law enforcement that we, you know, the, the law doesn't even contemplate a policeman maybe going rogue, you know? And so then, the prosecution may be having a hard time finding the right thing to charge, and they're trying to fit that behavior into an existing law that may, may not, you know, may not fit properly. Right. So, which, which, uh, on a technical sense, creates an opening for the the defense to create that reasonable doubt, and then again, as, as jurors, as to be blindly adherent to the law and the books and the instructions given by the judge, they may be forced to acquit. You know, mm-hmm. uh, in spite of everything you might be feeling and, and have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope that an- I hope that answers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's helpful in to even to to contemplate. And I'm not saying that's the case. I'm not making you know, I'm not here to make a. Uh, um, you know, I was I was hoping to talk more about, you know, our faith and how we respond. Right. Rather than the legal aspects of the case. Cause there's plenty of pundits, out, great pundits and, and attorneys, criminal experienced criminal attorneys that or giving commentary on that. Right. I'm just saying that, hey, folks, you got to be prepared just in case. This is not a slam dunk case for our prosecution. Right. So that's what. Right. Well, and yes, exactly. And that's, and I just wanted to clarify that before we do get into, and so my next question is, so uh, regardless of what verdict is, it comes back and regardless of, well, it could mean uh, there could be a bit of chaos and unrest or a lot of chaos and unrest, depending on, you know, the response of the country to whatever verdict does come back. And so in the midst of that, um, we as, as Catholic people are not called to cower in fear, but exactly. rather we're, we're meant to be actively bringing about uh, uh, the, the light of Christ in these areas, even in the midst of civil unrest. Any suggestions about how maybe the typical Catholic, especially living here right in the you know ground zero, as it were, right here in the Twin Cities, um, how we can go about our response, or how we can we can uh, we can live out our response in a godly fashion. Yeah, you know, I've been a Catholic for forty years, and uh, for the first eighteen of those, I was <laughs> I was in mass every Sunday, thanks to my mother. Mm. Uh, and then as I've come back around in my you know in my thirties, now forty, I'm in mass every Sunday, and so we hear these solutions to fear and demagoguery and, and, and uh, social angst. We we've heard the solutions and the game plan, so to speak, every weekend. Mm. Uh, you know, we have the universal church. Uh, that means for everybody culturally, but I think it also means universal in ways of learning and absorbing wisdom. Mm. So for us who like to read, you know, there's countless writings of the saints and, and scriptures and Catholic social teaching. For those who are audible learners, homilies, um, so my point is, we should all, as individuals, delve into what we're reading and hearing through our faith, 
and open ourselves to the Holy Spirit, and that will give us our individual guidance and instruction on how we uh, approach the coming days as ministers. Mm. Um, you know, we just came off Easter, and if, if anything, uh, our Lord and Savior just gave us a tremendous example. And as Father Bauer pointed out in his Holy Thursday homily, uh, the washing of the feet, and I've given you a model to follow. Mm-hmm. So we have a model to follow. Uh, and, and that I think that model takes two forms. First, in being willing to sacrifice. Uh, our faith is a sacrificial, at the end of the day, for me, it's a sacrificial faith. Uh, that's, how we, that's how we're going to rejoin our Lord in heaven by following his example of sacrifice. And also modeling an example of courage, like uh, Bishop Cousins talked about in, in your previous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Father Park out in St. Michael had a great homily about this as well, just being fearless. So how in our individual lives, you know, people should know the Catholic in the room. You know, when this verdict hits, and it's uh, summer 2021, and who knows what's going to happen. In any situation, people should know the Catholic in the room mm. by the humility and um, charity we display and by our courage, because mm. we have nothing to fear. We don't have to get caught up in worldly demagoguery or worldly status or identifying uh, as black or white, rural, urban, all of these d- different um, wedge, wedge points that the media is going to try to use for profit because we know that our kingdom is in heaven and the, our battle has ultimately been won, we have no fear. Mm. Uh, so we can, we can be rocks in this storm and islands in this storm where people who are in pain or in confusion, you know, uh, can come to, if only for a hug or if only to be listened to. And that's one thing. Just let's be the folks that listen without agenda um, and let people, because if we, if we truly listen, and, and we're grounded in the Holy Spirit and, and the lessons we've learned in our years going to Mass and reading, the Holy Spirit will give us the answer on how to respond to what we're hearing. Amen to that. Well, Ryan, I got to say, um, this, is, this has been enlightening and inspiring in many ways, and I wish we had another 15 minutes or 15 hours to talk this through. But I appreciate you taking the time to be on the program this morning and giving us some inspiring inspiration and hope as uh, we continue to watch the trial with interest. Thanks for being on the program. Thank you. God bless. All right. Uh, wow. Good stuff to think about. Good stuff to look at. But we're going to head into our final break. There's still more to come. Paul and I will have a list of inspiring and hopeful events and reminders to help you live the Easter season to the full. Stay with us. Stay with us.